Welcome to Ditch the Classroom. This is your host, Ariana Vernier, and I'm so excited that you're here. I'm a teacher turned business coach who is so passionate about helping fellow mamas like you ditch the classroom and pursue your big, hairy, scary dreams. Imagine a life where you could still impact the world, but do so while following your passions and spending more time with your babies. In Ditch the Classroom, we'll explore ways you can do just that. Myself, guest experts, and amazing teachers who have also built a successful business will share tools, tips, and resources to help you ditch the classroom too. Are you ready? Here we go. Before we hop into today's episode, I had to let you in on something special I created just for you. If you've been wondering if freelancing or virtual assistance is right for you and just want to get your feet wet to see if it's a good fit, then you need my Ditch the Classroom Toolkit. This toolkit comes with two video modules to help you figure out what services you want to offer, as well as how to package your services in a way that will help you attract clients quickly and replace your income faster. There are also two special bonuses included. Bonus number one is the set your prices video, so you can take the guesswork out of what to charge. Bonus number two is the top eight places to find paying clients guide. Right now, you can grab the Ditch the Classroom Toolkit and both bonuses for a steal of a price, only $27. But hurry up, because this amazing discounted price won't last long. You can grab your spot at arianavernier.com forward slash ditch dash the dash classroom or find the link in the show notes. All right, let's get to the show. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Digital Classroom podcast. We have a special guest today, Brittany Long. She's a former middle school science teacher and now the queen of Evergreen and CEO of the Win With Systems Evergreen Email Agency. So welcome, Brittany. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here, too. Awesome. So can we just kind of start out with you sharing a little bit about your journey into teaching, how long you taught, and kind of everything centered around that. Uh, So I actually didn't start out as a teacher. I wasn't one of those people that grew up knowing they wanted to be a teacher. I kind of fell into teaching. When I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do after college, I thought, well, I love helping people. I love to make a difference. So to me, teaching seemed like a natural progression. My dad was a teacher for 37 years. It felt like it was in my blood. Felt like it was what I was supposed to do. And so that's kind of how my journey started. I I started by working at a charter school. I really loved it. Um, I loved working with the kids. But after the two-year mark, I had kept telling myself, well, it's going to get easier. I'm going to have less work to do eventually if I set myself up for success now. So I was always staying late, working late. Like my entire life (laughs) really became teaching. It was as soon as I woke up, as soon as I, or as long as I was up until bed, I was teaching, I was grading, I was preparing for the next day's lessons. And I thought, well, this makes me a good teacher. And (laughs) I realized now it means that I had no boundaries at the time, but I thought at the time it just made me a good teacher. But after those two years, it looked like I was getting more and more and more work to do. The pay wasn't increasing and I was okay with that for a while. But then after I had a cancer scare and I had a cancer and that it was um, like fast spreading and that it was in multiple places. And I left the doctor's office that day thinking that I was dying, thinking this was my last year on earth. And it's a really crazy story. Um, they ended up being wrong and it just was a simple procedure I needed. It's a really, really weird story, but that was this life-changing moment for me where I knew 
I knew in that moment that teaching wasn't the right path for me. And I think I kind of had known it deep down for a while, but I had put it off because it was uncomfortable. But when I was faced with my own mortality and I really thought that I was dying, (laughs) that I had to come face to face with, if this is my last year on earth, am I okay with doing this? And some of you listening might be like, yes, absolutely. This is exactly what I want to do every day of my life. But that wasn't me. And so that kind of started my path out of teaching. Yeah, I I think so many of us, we start out going into teaching thinking that, you know, it'll get better, it'll get better. And then you're five years in, 10 years in, even two years in, I was three years in, and you're just like, this is not getting better. (laughs) And some people just have that, that passion to continue. And it's not that those of us who aren't teaching anymore weren't passionate. It's just like, you, you can't continue being that drained for the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not sustainable. Yeah. And my priority shifted too, I would say, um, because when I first started, I was like all about the kids, all about the kids, all about the kids. But then when I was faced with that cancer scare, I was like, but what about my family? And I kept telling myself, well, you know, I'll spend more time with my family later once I have this established, but I realized later might not come. (laughs) And that freaked me out. And I realized if I wanted to spend more time with my family, the person, the person that I married and said, yes, I want to spend the most time with this person because I like them the most so much that I'm going to sign a legally (laughs) binding document. I wasn't spending very much time with them at all because I was spending so much time on teaching. And I, I just was like, what am I doing with myself? Like, this is, I want to spend more time with him. I want to spend less time on somebody else's kids that are going to, and this sounds harsh maybe, but they're probably going to forget me, you know? So I need to invest in that relationship. Yeah, definitely. So when did you kind of make that official decision to leave and how much time passed between you knowing that it was time to leave and you finally actually leaving? So uh, I, after two years of teaching, I knew that I need to teaching. I had no idea what to do or where to start or what else I could do or any of those things. At the time, I thought this is all that I can do. And I know now that's a ridiculous statement. Teachers can do so many things. But at the time, I didn't realize that. And um, I just kind of was stuck in this bubble of what I had known, what I had seen. And that was very limited. And so um, for the next two years after that, I went to the public school system because the insurance was a little bit better and the pay was better. And thinking, uh, I made that decision over the summer when I still thought that I had cancer because that's what they had told me. Um, I made that decision to move to uh, public school. And uh, over the next two years, it really solidified my decision that it was time for me to leave teaching, but I still just didn't know what to do, didn't know what to do, didn't know what to do. And so I kept kind of chipping away over the course of those two plus years, I tried, I think it was like 27 different side hustles to figure out what it was that I actually wanted to do or liked. And I had this pipe that I could do something creative or I could do something that I really enjoyed doing that didn't require me to be standing all day or in like, you know, a classroom and these concrete blocks and fluorescent lights. Like I wanted to be outside. I wanted to have natural light. I, I just had this pipe dream. Like I'd say 98% of me was like, there's no way this is possible. Like nobody, you know, has ever done this. You should just stay in teaching it safe. But after two years, I was able to find a way to make those things happen. That's amazing. And it's, I know some people like get the inkling and then they don't move on it for years and years and years. But if you get that inkling and you start taking the baby steps, just start, start small and it'll build over time. And then you can start your, your dream 
as a side hustle and then move into it becoming your full-time job once it's replaced your income more. So I think that's awesome that you kind of took the time to really figure out what you wanted to do um, before you even left. That's that's a really smart plan. That's not what I did, but that's a really smart plan. It felt safest to me to do, yeah, to do that side hustle first and then transition. It was frustrating because I'm definitely more of a like take action, do the thing. Um, and so like having us slowly killed me a little bit inside, but it also gave me that financial security and the confidence and the ability to really like step away and fully step away, not wonder, did I make the right decision? Did I not? Am I going to be able to make it? Because I had tried so many different things. I was like, nope, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> We're going to have, I'm not going back to teaching. Yeah. Definitely. So what do you do now? Did you, you already kind of said you didn't know you were going to do that right away. So how long did it kind of take you to find what you're doing now? It took me probably six months to a year to figure out um, what it was that I wanted to do once I actually left teaching. I was still trying a bunch of different things, seeing what what stuck, what didn't. Uh, when I first left teaching, I was doing some graphic design, but I realized I don't super love that. I, I mean, it's okay, but for me, it wasn't something that I was like, oh my gosh, graphic design all day, every day. I, I wasn't interested in that. And so I did that. I did funnel building. I love funnel building. Uh, essentially, if you've ever been on a website that's like, enter your name and email address to get this free ebook, like that's a funnel. If you've been on a sales page, that's usually a funnel. So I'm somebody that writes those and builds those. And I like that a lot. And I, I enjoy showing other people how to do it. But there's still something that I was like, oh, I, I really want to do something that's a little bit more creative. From there, I kind of dug into what I've always wanted to do. Even since like third grade, I remember wanting to do this. I've always wanted to be a writer. I love writing. I love the creativity with it. I love feeling like I get to make an impact on how somebody sees things because of how I write. I think that's so cool. And so I always wanted to be a writer, but everybody I know was always like, you can't be a writer. Writers don't get paid well. You know, you can't do that for a living. Nobody unless accepts get paid well for this. Um, but I'm always somebody that's like, but what if, you know, but what if that's not true? And so I started doing more writing. And so what I do now, I'm an email marketer. And so basically what that means is if you've ever received an email from an influencer, from a course creator, from a coach, from a dentist, <laughs> from, I mean, there's so many different people that I've written for. So I ghostwrite for a living. And so those emails that you get typically aren't from those people. They're from people like me that love to write and take their words, their ideas, and turn it into something that makes sense, that sounds good, that makes you feel excited to read their next email. That's what I do for a living. And so it's it's really fun. I get to write. And it's also kind of like playing dress up to me, um, which I also love to do as a kid uh, because I'm taking somebody else's ideas and then I'm I'm it feels like I'm kind of thinking like they think and then writing like they write. And so it feels like playing dress up to me, which is really cool. I think it's really cool that you kind of realize those passions in yourself and then found something that you could really funnel that into. I know you said you didn't care for graphic design. That's what I do now and website design. And so really, really, you have to think about what your passions are and just be open to the possibilities because you loved writing and so many people were telling you that you couldn't do that. You couldn't make money from it. And now you've definitely proved them wrong. So don't listen to what society tells you. You can definitely, if God's calling you to use your passion somewhere, just listen to him. Don't listen to everybody else. I also like to think there's always a way to do it. Like there's always a how. And so anytime I want to do something now, instead of thinking, man, it would be nice, or I don't know anybody else that's ever done this. So I guess I can't. 
whenever I see something or hear about something that I'm like, wow, that'd be so cool. I think, okay, so how can I make this happen? How can I write for a living? How can I make more money? How can I travel whenever I want to? Um, it all comes down to figuring out how. And teachers are amazing problem solvers, <laughs> which means you really can't do anything. If you can solve problems, you can figure out a way to make money doing anything. Um, I mean, we've talked to, or I've, I've heard of people that literally make a living making vests for pet chickens. Who knew that that was possible? But it is. And so if that's possible, right, (laughs) if that's possible, like what else might be possible that I have shut myself off to because I haven't seen anybody else do it or because I haven't done it before. And just because I haven't done it before, just because nobody I know has done it before doesn't mean it's not possible for me. It just means that I need to problem solve a little bit more, which is super fun. Amen. I totally agree. So (laughs) Now that you're doing this, are you working as more of an employee, an independent contractor? What what are you doing? And can you can you take a moment to explain to my listeners kind of the difference between the two? So when I first left teaching, I started out as an independent contractor. And first that seemed scary to me. Going from teaching as an employee to an independent contractor felt so scary. Um, because an, as an independent contractor, uh, you're the person that you're working for isn't really your boss in the sense that they're not telling you when to show up. They're not telling you when you have to work. They're not giving you health insurance. And it, you know, we could decide that they maybe don't want to work with me next month um, because I'm an independent contractor. You know, the it's not like a, an employee where you show up nine to five every single day at a, a specific location and somebody tells you exactly what to do. With an independent contractor, you can take on more clients easier. You pay for your own insurance. You do your own taxes, that kind of stuff. At first, I thought, okay, being an independent contractor is a bad idea. It's going to be so scary. I have to pay for my own taxes and insurance. But now that I've done it, I'm so glad that I'm an independent contractor and not an employee. I will never, ever, 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 ever be an employee for anybody else again. I love that I get to choose the time that I work. I love that I can, if somebody says, hey, I need you to do this and I don't want to do that thing, um, within reason, I can say, yeah, I, you know, that's not something that's within what I'm doing right now, um, but I can recommend this person instead. And so when I made that transition from doing graphic design to funnel building, for example, there, I just stopped taking graphic design clients. I didn't, I didn't do more graphic design because I didn't want to. But if it was an employee, then I would have had to change my contract and do all these different things. But as an independent contractor, you have a lot more freedom on the kind of work you do, who you work with, the hours you work. And so that's why I prefer that personally. I totally understand feeling safety <laughs> with being an employee. But at the end of the day, being an employee comes with safety because you have certain requirements and somebody else is telling you what to do, which means you have an income cap. And I'm not a fan of that. I want <laughs> I want to be able to make more if I want to make more. And I want to be able to work with who I want and when I want without any restrictions. Yeah. And honestly, being an employee is, I mean, in theory, it sounds safer. Y'all could see my quotation marks. Mm -hmm. But if they decide to fire you tomorrow, like they can pretty much. So, Mm -hmm. but with being an independent contractor and having multiple clients, yes, you might lose one, but the likelihood of losing them all at once is very minimal. And you would have that kind of buffer income to get you through until you land that new client. So yes, you have to pay your taxes, which is not as hard as it sounds. Yes, you have to get insurance if you don't have it through your spouse, but it's really, it's not as hard as people make it out to be. 
Yeah, I think that's one of the things that keeps people in teaching is because it seems so hard and so overwhelming. But when you start taking that those small steps and you start chipping away, it's like, okay, I can do this. Um, I remember the first time I started looking at insurance and it was really overwhelming to be completely honest. That first time I looked at insurance, I was like, what does this even mean? I have no idea. And so I got on the call, I got on the phone with different insurance agencies and asked so many questions. And I, at first I felt bad. I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to hate me because I'm asking so many questions. But then I was like, wait a minute, I'm paying for this service and I need to know which one's the best. And they want me to have, or they want to have me as somebody that's paying them. So it's a good thing that I'm asking questions, but I have a much better understanding now in general of what I'm getting and the care I'm getting than I did when I was an employee. And now I know how to better advocate for myself as well. So it was a little overwhelming at first. But then when I took those small steps, when I asked questions, I started to understand so much better what I was doing, what I was getting, and it was a lot easier. Definitely. So I want to kind of pivot a little bit and I want to hear what your life is like now. What's it like now that you've been out of teaching for a few years? Yeah, just kind of walk us through one of your days. So I have officially been out of teaching for three years now. And the difference between how my life looked then versus how it looks now is like night and day. So every once in a while, um, we we go out and do family things. So Fridays, for example, we have a family day. It's work-free, distraction-free. We um, just hang out with family that day. There's no... I don't have to answer to anybody. I don't have, I mean, I don't anyway, cause I own my own agency now. And so I'm not, I'm, I don't have to answer to anybody anyway, but I don't have to, you know, have a parent teacher conference at night or anything like that. And so every once in a while, it'll still hit me where we're going to go out to the Springs or we're going to a downtown area to get, you know, some kind of delicious food or something as a family. And I think, oh my gosh, if I was teaching, this would have been sixth period and or fifth period or whatever it was, you know, one of the classes that I remember being like, oh, this is dragging on. It would have been that class period. And instead I'm walking around this beautiful downtown area over by the lake and we're going to get some crepes and like, what, what is this? And every once in a while, it just hits me how different my life is than it used to be. And for some of you listening, you might think, okay, that doesn't sound interesting to me at all. Why would I want to do that? And that's totally fine. But the point is I have the freedom to do what I want, do when we want and we can travel when we want. We can, you know what I mean? Like we're planning on um, taking a trip to New York. We're going to go for 10 days. It doesn't have to be during the summer when the prices are expensive. It can be whenever we want. And um, because we can essentially, if we wanted to, we could work wherever we want that has Wi-Fi. Um, when we take our trip to New York, if we want to stop at all these different places randomly or plan for it, we can do that. We can extend our trip. We can make it shorter. There are no restrictions. And I, I just think I think back to that cancer scare I had and how restricted my life was. I had to show up by 7 a.m. I had to, you know, usually I was working way past four or five or whatever it was. I had to talk to people. Sometimes I didn't want to like parents that were (laughs) rude or whatever, you know? And so I just think back to how that was and how restricted it was and how I didn't even know that it was restricted versus daughter can be next to me playing while I'm working. Or if she wants to play and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to play with her right now. I can stop what I'm doing and we can play. Um, I don't have to wait until the end of the day. I don't have to wait until the weekend. I don't have to wait for an hour until bedtime because that's the only time I'm not grading. I can do it exactly when I want. And I just feel like life is so much more free and more full than it used to be. I feel the same way. I think the freedom that this has given 
me personally to be home with my daughter and go wherever we want. I don't know if you know this, but we live full time in an RV, so we don't travel like we originally intended. But I'm not always there. Sometimes we'll go to my in-laws for a few days or my parents for a few days or just we went to Houston for a week to visit people again. And just having that freedom to work from anywhere and to work when it works for my daughter, like not having to put her in daycare and only see her two hours of the day or whatever, that that freedom is so worth it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, especially with the daughter thing. Like I get to see all of her big moments. It's not somebody else that's seen her first step or hearing that first time she says mama or anything like that. It's me. I get to do that. And it is incredible. Um, I'm so, so thankful for that. And um, yeah, it's, it's just so much better than I expected. And there was a lot of, like I said, there was a lot of fear figuring out what to do next, but I'm so glad that I pushed through that and made the commitment to deciding or to figuring out how to do it versus just staying stuck and staying miserable. Um, because that's, I mean, that's really how I felt when I was teaching, like, let's just be honest. And I know not everybody feels that way. And that's amazing if you don't, but for those that do, if nobody's ever said, you know, if you feel miserable, it's okay to leave. Let me be the one to say that if you feel miserable, it's okay to leave. You don't have to stay. It doesn't mean you need to necessarily, you know, journal your gratitude more or something like that. Like maybe you are plenty grateful and you're still miserable it's okay to find something else. Yeah. Agreed. So this has been amazing. And I appreciate you so much for sharing kind of your perspective, giving my listeners a little bit more info on what an email marketer does, because I think so many of them are interested in writing. I mean, a lot of teachers specialize in teaching English and writing and all of that. So I think that's a really good possibility for them too. So I just want to say thank you for coming on with us today. I do want to ask you my favorite question that I always ask on every episode. The question is, if someone wanted to start their digital classroom journey, but they just felt too overwhelmed, what would you tell them? So I think um, one of the reasons that people feel overwhelmed is because they're like, I have no idea what the right next step is. And I think you, there really is no right next step. Like the right next step is sitting down and taking a breath and being like, I can do this. And so what I like to do and what I suggest to other people when they ask me this question is um, sit down, make a list. So lists really help me. <laughs> they really help you. This will be especially helpful. But um, I make a list of all the tasks that I have done, whether it's in teaching or any other career. What is it that I've done that I really enjoy doing? And I try to look for patterns. So I enjoyed writing. I enjoyed um, handing tasks off. Like, I know that sounds so silly, but I like to delegate. I don't like to do all the all the tasks. And then I also make a list of things I don't like to do. So I don't really love email, uh, not emailing. I love writing emails, but I don't like going into my inbox. I don't know why, but I just don't enjoy it. And so all the tasks that I love to do, I wrote down all the tasks I don't love to do. I wrote down and I started to look for patterns. And then I would Google things like jobs for people who like X, but don't like Y. And it sounds really silly, but it kind of at least narrow down some things and show me that there are possibilities for other things that I can do that includes what I really like to do more of what I like to do. Yeah, I love that you pointed out trying to find things that you like to do, not just something that you have experience in, but if you're leaving teaching, you're leaving probably because you're unhappy. So you don't want to go offer services that you know how to do, but you you don't they don't light you up. You want to find something that 
you're passionate about and that you want to do every single day. Because one thing about being an independent contractor, again, you don't have someone telling you when to show up. So you got to make yourself show up. So it's got to be something that you want to do. And can I just say, sometimes people will say, well, I don't think I could ever be an independent contractor because I'm just not motivated. But usually what is really happening is that you're not motivated by the things you're currently doing. Like you don't like the things you're currently doing, or you don't like them enough to feel excited about showing up for them. And so if that's you, if you're like, oh, I could never because I'm not motivated enough or I'm not self-directed enough, maybe it's just that you don't like doing what you're doing right now. And that's okay. Um, But that might be, that might be something else that's going on. It doesn't mean that you're lazy or unmotivated. It just might mean you don't like what you're doing. Yeah, I agree. So do you have any resources that you think would be helpful for my listeners who are interested in joining or sorry, ditching the classroom? Absolutely. So um, I have a three pass out of teaching workshop that shows you the three pass uh, to take um, just, you know, some three different options that would be helpful. We really dive into things on that. And then I also have a learn to ghostwrite emails workshop. And currently that's free. It probably won't be free forever. So I would go and get that like ASAP. (laughs) Perfect. And for those listening, I will have those links in the show notes for you so you can find them very easily. Well, this has been such a pleasure, Brittany. I've so enjoyed having you on and getting kind of your perspective on ditching the classroom. Where can people come connect with you and just learn more about you and become your best friend? <laughs> uh, well, thank you for having me. Um, you can find me at our Win With Systems website, winwithsystems.com, or we also have the blog lifeafterteaching.com with a lot of really great resources on there um, from the last few years. Uh, my Instagram is the queen of evergreen. And then my email is Brittany at lifeafterteaching.com or Brittany at winwithsystems.com. Our life after teaching is really just <laughs> kind of a passion project because so many people were asking like how I got out of teaching. You can also find us at our life after teaching group. Perfect. And so th- I'll have that those linked in the show notes as well. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you to those who are listening. Make sure to take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. Tag both Brittany and myself. We need to get this message out to more mamas and teachers who need to hear it. So I love you all so much and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and review, and check out the show notes for a free gift to help you ditch the classroom. If you loved today's episode, can you help me share the message by taking a screenshot, tagging me on Instagram at ariana.vernier, and sharing it with your friends so we can help more mamas ditch the classroom and follow their dreams. Until next week, y'all, keep following the dreams that were placed in your heart so you too can ditch the classroom.